Thank you for joining us today at the Thai Podcast. Welcome to the show. Before jumping into the holes in my review, here are three core takeaways I have on Crystal Downs. Number one, modern green speeds have somewhat belittled the genius of McKinsey's wild designs. Number two, the good stuff at Crystal Downs is truly special and some of the more unique golf I have experienced. And number three, I left Crystal Downs less impressed than I had expected going in, but there's more to the story than the golf course being simply overrated. So listen on to find out more. For those of you that don't like to read, this is our recent Thai Course Reviews article on Crystal Downs in video format. So here we go. There's simply no golf shots to be hit right now at Crystal Downs in the depths of the Michigan winter. So in lieu of getting the chance to play it, let's talk about what it is like to play it and my experience doing so last summer. Crystal Downs is on the short list of white whale sort of Alistair McKenzie gyms in the United States that many people have not had the chance to play due to both geographic and access driven exclusivity. Crystal Downs is about an hour from Traverse City, Michigan, and sits right right above Lake Michigan, way up on the northern tip of the Lower Peninsula. The view from the clubhouse out onto the lake is spectacular, potentially better than the cliffs of Bandon Dunes, sort of spectacular. As soon as you arrive to play at Crystal Downs, you immediately get the feeling that you are one of the luckier individuals to be swinging a golf club on that day. As I mentioned before, the place is uber-exclusive, And you know that not many people are getting a more unique opportunity than you are that day on any golf course anywhere. Now, before jumping into the holes in my review, here are three core takeaways I have on Crystal Downs. Number one, modern green speeds have somewhat belittled the genius of McKinsey's wild designs. Number two, the good stuff at Crystal Downs is truly special and some of the more unique golf I have experienced. And number three, I left Crystal Downs less impressed than I had expected going in, but There's more to the story than the golf course being simply overrated. So listen on to find out more. Okay. Number one, starting out with the experience of the greens at crystal. This is something I've seen consistently at McKinsey's courses and have a rather strong take on as an architect who is revered as much as any. And for good reason, I believe there is a hesitance to mess with anything McKinsey has done. Often. I believe people aren't willing to even talk about where great architects courses could be better. And maybe I'm being excessively bold here, but this feels to me like the classic don't allow good to be the gatekeeper of great, or in this case, more realistically, it should be don't allow great to be the gatekeeper of even more great. There are two important forces at play when we play golf that we can't really do a lot about physically speaking. Those are gravity and friction. For those of you who haven't taken physics in some time, allow me to remind you that while playing golf, the ball is acted upon by each of these forces. And when putting the ball, If the amount of friction isn't sufficient to counteract the effect of gravity working on the ball due to severe slopes on greens, you have a situation where at green speeds that are too high for the amount of slope that is present on the greens, the ball doesn't stay on the greens. I have seen this happen at multiple McKinsey courses because when his courses were designed, greens probably ran closer to 7 to 8 on the stint meter versus the now standard 11 to 12. In simple terms, what I'm saying is that many of McKinsey's best greens just don't work anymore at modern green speeds 
and we have too much respect for his work to do anything about it. Personally, I believe the worst thing we can do if we have so much respect for him as we should is do nothing about it. It pains me to hear people say this green is stupid or unfair. It may be outdated or out of line with modern conditioning, but is far from stupid or unfair. To me, the ultimate form of respect for McKinsey's work should be to do everything possible to allow it to be as applicable to the modern game as possible so we can still experience the genius of it. I don't think green speeds are the thing that we are willing to compromise on, so perhaps making slight edits to the green to make the areas that don't quite work for today's game work properly. Let's look at three case studies below. First and foremost, a course that everybody knows, Augusta National. For obvious reasons, Augusta cannot have balls rolling off greens, and therefore they have tackled McKenzie greens in exactly the way I believe they should be tackled. Don't mess with the massive slopes in the greens and take away their bones. Rather, make more clearly delineated parts of the greens that are flat so the ball has places to come to rest. Think about the 9th and 18th greens. They still have massive amounts of slope, but there are pockets in the front and back of the greens that are flat enough to allow shots to stay in the right pockets with the greens running in excess of 13 on the stem meter. Number two, Cypress Point Club. Cypress has both forces working on it. Holes like eight and five have had minor work done to them so that there are spots for the ball to sit still where it should, even at high green speeds. Holes like one, four, nine, and 18 have not. And I've seen days where those important forces of gravity and friction, as we discussed, get the better of the greens when they're running too fast and the ball truly will not stay on the green. Where we get into trouble is when you have massive slopes that never flatten at any point. Long, gradual grade in excess of 2% or so are the death wish when greens get too fast. Number three, Pasa Tiempo. Similar to Cyprus, Pasa Tiempo has a number of holes where there was too much greater than 2% gradient green that never flattened. Fortunately, the course is in the final stages of a renovation to work on exactly that. For my money, this will easily catapult Pasatiempo into the top 25 of the country, and it will still probably be underrated. Like I said before, to me, this is the ultimate form of respect for McKenzie. Allow his stuff to still play great for modern conditions rather than play as antiquated. And now a quick word from our friends at Goodwalk Coffee. Dude, I've been getting a lot of questions recently about the magical fruit. Big blueberry? Nope, I'm talking beans here. Coffee beans. What do people want to know? Where to get a steal on quality beans shipped to their doorstep. Do you have anything? Absolutely. A company called Goodwalk Coffee, based in California, roasted in North Carolina. Great beans, nice people, excellent variety. Are they a steal though? People want value. Oh, I got the steal for you. Use code the tie that is T H E T I E at checkout for 20% off any order. So that's that puts us around one dollar per day for two cups of quality coffee. That's below market price for quality beans. Where can I send them? That's exactly right. Send them to goodwalkcoffee.com. Tell them the tie guy sent you. Once again, that is code the tie T H E T I E 20% off any order at goodwalkcoffee.com. Okay. Point number two. Now that I've been very upfront about where I think crystal downs could be better, let me explain the things that I loved about the course. I have already made mention of the setting. It is surreal. Crystal downs is one of those courses where the setting just makes sense. You feel like you're in a remote part of Michigan without a shade of doubt. 
And that sense of place to me is one of the key differentiating factors when we start talking about the courses that people truly go mad for. Taking the architecture and conditioning away, why do you think people enjoy golf in Scotland so much? It's that tradition and clarity that you feel when a course has a supreme sense of place that is hard to describe, but just makes a day of golf feel right. Crystal Downs has this. The second thing that is important to discuss is the fact that all the things I mentioned in my first point about the greens being a lot for the speeds of them comes from a place of there being a number of insanely cool greens and holes. The first stretch that comes to mind for me is the middle of the front nine. Five, six, seven, and eight is a sickeningly good stretch of golf. Eight green isn't quite as exciting as the others, but the one before it is truly one of the coolest greens I've ever seen. The fifth is one of the more interesting holes tee to green I have played. A large tree to the right side of the hole, the three sisters bunkers that can be seen in the middle of the fairway, and the massive ridge that can perhaps obscure your view into the green all make you think long and hard about the correct play off the tee. Endless options and decisions to be made at the fifth, which is all you can ask for. My least favorite thing in golf is when the decision on what to do has clearly been made for you. Dr. McKenzie didn't leave even a hint at Crystal Downs' fifth. Six is another tantalizing tee ball where the green and hole shape are in clear sight, but the exact play is somewhat less clear. Cheat the interior of the dogleg, mess with the tree, play safe and up the left. All are options, and depending on the player and conditions, the decision will vary. The green is the course's largest and is a sort of double punch bowl. While it presents beautifully, this one suffers perhaps as much as any on the course from having too much gradual slope for the speed the greens run these days. I recall all members of my group playing the hole nicely, yet I was the only one to hole out as the ball just wouldn't stop near the hole from most angles of approach. Sharpening of the key slopes and flattening of the gradual ones would do wonders for this green. The seventh seventh boomerang-shaped green has a massive slope at its midpoint that allows you to play over 40 feet of break, perhaps, and use the contour to putt around the bunker that it wraps around, even if there is sand between you and the hole. Just brilliant. I struggle to say exactly if this is a top 10 green I have ever played, but it is no doubt a top 10 most unique green I have ever played. Eight just flat out works. It will generally be a three-shot par five, given the amount of contour in the fairway and the massive slope leading up to the small green. Even if the green is within range, it is hard to get a lie that allows you to take a cut at a three-wood or a long iron, especially with the small size of the green. I've never loved three-shot par fives, but if you're going to have one, A smaller green is the way to go, in my opinion, because it forces sound decision-making on the second shot, and this is exactly what McKinsey did with Crystal Downs' eighth. The second stretch of holes at Crystal that I found to be just all-world is the 14th through the 16th. While the beginning of the back nine left me longing for more, the middle of it was just top-class golf. I loved every shot on this three-hole stretch, and will try to articulate below the reason for that. The 14th hole gave me the feeling that I was at Pine Valley, maybe somewhere in the Heathlands of the UK or the Netherlands. A feeling of seclusion and tranquility greet you at the short par four, short par three fourteenth, which houses the course's smallest putting surface. The infinity view of the green over the heather that covers the entire landscape you hit over creates an optical illusion on this hole that is more than sufficient to make the shot feel like it needs to be much more exacting than it actually does. I absolutely love subtle forms of challenging a golfer, and this is a great example of that. The 15th. A near drivable par four with a green that is perfectly matched to a short par four with a rumpled fairway. Small but not tiny with plenty of undulation that makes the second shot interesting. This hole makes you be very honest with yourself about your wedge game. 
Are you good enough to hit it within 50 yards of the green and still be able to control a mini wedge shot to a pin that is likely sitting on some sort of a perch? Or are you better off laying back to a full wedge distance? 16 is such an attractive par five in every way. Once again, the native grass that frames the hole adds so much to the aesthetic, just like the two holes before it. The fairway bends left to a ridge line where you know the view of the green will be revealed once you hit your second shot over it. And the green sits up against a tree line is well protected by bunkers that force high level execution if you decide to go for it in two. This is a simple hole, but it is classy. The three, four, five stretch of holes, 14 through 16, make for one of my favorite three hole stretches anywhere as the feelings of remote Michigan are perhaps best felt on this stretch of the golf course. Okay, point number three. Finally, let's cover the core reasons I did not leave Crystal Downs quite as jacked up about it as I expected to be. First and foremost, my expectations for Crystal Downs were sky high. A perennial top 25 course in the United States by almost any ranking system, a McKinsey gym whose competitive set, competitive set was essentially Pasatiempo, Cypress Point, Palmetto, and Augusta in terms of the McKinsey's I knew going in. And finally, a course that people speak of in our often all-too-excessive golf talk of being like a visit to a Mecca. I really thought it was going to be one of those days that just hits you completely differently and makes you think you won't have another experience on a golf course that good for a very long time. But unfortunately, that just wasn't quite my reaction. I do believe so much of my feelings of disappointment come from a place of what if, which is to say I struggle to look at a course like Crystal or any for that matter and not think about what it could be if things were really dialed in versus where it is currently at. As discussed ad nauseum, the greens just need to be reconsidered in a few spots. Modern green speeds don't allow the course to be what it should be, and that's a shame. A hole I didn't make any mention of before is the 11th. This is a cool hole at face value, but the day I played, at the speed the greens were running, anything that didn't sit on the very back shelf, which is maybe six to eight yards deep, was not only going to run off the front tier of the green, but possibly 60 plus yards down the hill in front of the green as well. Now, before you assume I had a bad experience with the hole, I made a gritty three with an up and down to the back pin we had. But unfortunately, both of my playing partners got the full treatment of their ball rolling all the way off the green multiple times and never got to finish the hole. I found it to be just a bit much. The last thing I'll call out is something I talk about all the time. And before I get into, I want to put my hand up and say, maybe I just caught crystal downs on the wrong day, but maybe the most important thing for me with golf courses is the marriage between conditioning and architecture. I've talked about the green designs and speeds. What I haven't mentioned is the softness of the fairways and how much this took away from the enjoyment of them, given how well bunkered many of the holes are and how much topography the land has. What makes Lynx Golf so good? It's the rumpled ground and the fact that the ball scurries along it. Crystal Downs has tons of interesting land movement throughout its fairways, but unfortunately, the ground just presents too softly for this land to really play as fun as it should. Again, maybe I just caught the course on a softer day, but the soil and turf appeared to be the type that would be prone to, be, to being soft more often than not. Let me be clear. I thoroughly enjoyed Crystal Downs, and think that its bright spots are blindingly bright. The sense of place, its best greens, its cooler holes are all wonderful parts of the experience of getting to play there. I just think there's some things that could be better and left me feeling like Crystal Downs was not one of Alistair McKenzie's top few courses like many would rate it as. As always, I am more than open to being told I am off the mark and welcome any and all feedback. Get in the game through all of our social media channels at 
thetiepodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Thank you.